Good Monday morning, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Insanity, A Peace of Mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 86, and I am going to talk about validation. When I brought this up with family, it was interesting to hear their responses because one of my kids, their first thought about validation was internal validation as opposed to external validation, meaning how do you behave in the world and are you behaving certain ways in order to get external validation from other people? Or are you behaving in ways because it is internally consistent with your values and therefore you can validate yourself? And we continued to talk and explore it because that is not where my brain had gone. I was looking more for information about emotional validation, empathetic experiences, and validation as it relates to perspective taking, meaning being able to listen to someone else share their story about an experience, good or bad listening well enough with all of the appropriate listening skills and then being able to validate that experience by connecting to the emotions, connecting to their personal experience of this particular issue. That is the kind of validation I want to talk about. The reason it's come up is because I've had a handful of questions about it, usually in the form of how do I validate myself because my partner can't validate me or my partner won't validate me or I don't know how to ask for validation or something like that. And there is a component of self-validation, which is really important. And I may touch on that, but mostly I kind of want to start at the beginning and I want to talk about what validation is and what it is not. I will talk about this in terms of parents and children and then partners and spouses. So the first thing that is useful to understand and is hard to get clear for some people is that validation is not agreement. Validation does not mean you agree, okay? That is not part of validation. Emotionally validating somebody is the process of learning about, understanding, and then expressing some type of acceptance of another person's emotional experience. So I'm talking about emotional validation, which is kind of the crux of what I want to talk about, but there will be other areas where it's not so emotionally charged or connected to somebody's emotion. But emotional validation is different than invalidation because emotional validation is when somebody is accepting of another person's emotional experience. Emotional invalidation is when those emotional experiences are rejected or judged or, frankly, even ignored. 
So validating somebody's emotion does not agree, mean you agree with them. So using the obvious example of a child, when your child is angry because she can't hit her sister, you don't have you don't agree that the child should be able to hit her sister. You don't agree that she should be allowed to behave in any way that is inappropriate, but you validate that she is angry, that this is not allowed. You validate that she has the experience of being angry, one, at her sister, and two, at you because you are preventing her from hitting her sister. It is silly to think for one minute that a parent is going to get caught up agreeing with every single emotion as a result of every single experience a child has. So if you think of it like that, there is no expectation that you agree. If you take this into the adult realm, the same thing exists. It is not important to agree with somebody's emotional response to an incident. What is important is that you recognize and acknowledge that they are having that emotional response to an experience. So emotional validation is acknowledging and accepting a person's personal experience the way they are thinking and feeling about a specific thing. The important thing about emotional validation with both, I'm going to, well, the important thing about emotional validation with kids is validating your child's emotional experiences helps them develop emotional intelligence, which is the ability to recognize and communicate with others, including their peers, emotional experiences. It increases their ability to empathize with their peers, which is the same thing, recognizing that people have experiences that are different than theirs, and they can see them and acknowledge the reality of those experiences. It also increases resilience. So here's an example. I've actually told this example. This was an example of my granddaughter at a toy store and it was time to go. And she's throwing a fit because it's time to leave the store. And mom's trying to figure out how to decrease the fit throwing and grab the child who is running away because she doesn't want to leave the toy store. So she snags her, she picks her up, she holds her tight and close, and she, in response to all the crying and the yelling and the I don't want to leave, she says, it sounds like you're feeling sad about having to leave the toy store. Instantly, the child recognizes, instinctively, the child recognizes that she is being heard and acknowledged. And she says, I am feeling sad. Mom then proceeds naturally to say, I'm feeling a little bit sad too. I've had a really good time here at the toy store. Again, instinctively, the child is feeling understood. She recognizes that her mother 
has actually felt the same feeling that she's feeling, and she has helped her name that feeling. That tantrum was over in 60 seconds. The next part was expressing a desire to come back to the toy store another day and have another fun experience. Again, the child says, wow, my mom gets this. It decreases the dysregulation, shortens the time that it would take to calm the child down if all you did was tell him or her to be quiet or to stop crying or that you're going to give them something to cry for or that they've been here for 20 minutes already and they had plenty of time and so they shouldn't be sad or that you're not going to bring them back again if they act this way. All of that is useless in trying to decrease the emotional dysregulation in a child who is naturally, obviously, and expected to be sad at leaving a toy store. Okay. And remember also that the child is not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to embarrass you. They're not trying to make you feel angry or frustrated. They are having an experience that is real and honest and as true to them as any of your frustrating or sad experiences have ever been for you. So I hope that makes sense. This is a really, really important thing to learn. And everything I say that relates to child and parent also relates in an adult to an adult context as well. It's just that our responses are different and our experiences are different. So validating your child's emotions is important because it teaches your kids that feeling and then expressing those feelings is acceptable to you. They realize that they don't have to hide their emotions. This builds trust between you and your child, and it creates what is referred to in attachment science as a secure attachment. A secure attachment is when the child feels like they can explore the world, feel feelings, share their feelings, and know that their caregivers have their back. When you validate your child's experience, you're letting them know that they have a safe place to talk and process their experiences. This is perspective taking. You are not trying to, you don't even have to understand the experience. You just have to realize to your very core that this experience is happening for another person. The security that comes from this kind of responsiveness in parents increases children's coping skills and increases their ability to trust themselves as they grow and develop in a world that can be pretty overwhelming. 
The other thing about children and validating their experiences and their emotions related to their experiences is it increases their emotional intelligence, which is really important because right now, my experience in counseling and conversation is that there is a whole demographic, and it's a big demographic, of men and women who are completely detached from their own emotions. And this is a tragedy because if we were more connected with our emotions and felt more safe and secure in sharing them and experiencing them and realizing that there are people in our lives who will be with us while we experience them, we would have a lot less mental health issues. I don't know if the word is fewer or less. We would decrease in violence and aggression. We would increase in empathy. The world would just plain old be a better place. Validating your children's emotions and modeling that behavior for them also increases their ability to regulate their own emotions. We know this. It's kind of the same thing as emotional intelligence. So validate, validate, validate. It is not agreement. Validating a person's, a child, let's keep, let's stick with children, does not mean you do not follow it up with a boundary or you do not follow it up with a family rule. You still get to have all of the appropriate expectations. You still articulate those expectations and you still hold your child to the boundary that you have created as a result of whatever behavior or experience was so frustrating or sad to them. I'm talking negative emotions and I don't want to leave out positive emotions equally important to a person in a relationship, a child who has caregivers, a person who has a partner or a spouse, validating the positive experiences is just as important. And the modeling of it is the way you want to teach this in your relationships. So you can model the validation of a positive experience. Kid comes home from school with a really good test score and they're really excited because they studied really hard. And the validation would say, would sound something like, it sounds like you're really excited about how well you did on this test. You are naming the emotion because you have observed a behavior. The behavior you observed was excitement. And so you reflect that back to your child wow, you look like you're really excited. And your child can say, yes, I studied really hard and I got 100% on my vocabulary test. And then you can continue and say, that sounds really awesome. That's it. That's all you have to do. Instinctively, the child feels heard. The child feels like they have someone who is in their corner and who sees what their life experiences are and what they look like 
and they're able to articulate and reflect back maybe even something that the child hadn't thought of. So these are important, important, sorry, I just hit the microphone, important things to learn. Now, I want to switch gears and I want to go to validating peers and partners, um, friends and neighbors, I don't care, but mostly in our intimate and personal relationships. There is a shocking lack of validation in adult relationships. And I'm not even sure I can address all of the things that I've got going on in my head in this particular podcast. But as important it is as it is to validate your children, it is just as important to validate your partner. So let's go through some, let's talk again about modeling. The best way to influence your partner relationships or your peer relationships is to model validation not lecture about validation. We can lecture about validation sometimes when it feels like it's really necessary, but for the most part, it's about modeling. So if your husband comes home from work and he wants to complain about his coworkers for the 150th time, your response for the 150th time should be a validating response. It is not a fix-it response. It is not a excuse-making response. It is just a perspective-taking moment where you recognize that for your partner, your husband, in this moment, he is very exasperated with his coworkers. And you say, gosh, I can tell you are really frustrated with what's going on at work. Or you can say, I'm so sorry. I'm not sure how I would handle it if I were you. Or you could say, that really sucks. Instinctively, your partner feels heard. Instinctively, there is a deeper connection. And then on the more obvious and the experience of the moment is your partner realizes that you have their back. Your husband realizes that you don't want to defend his coworkers or that you aren't trying to problem solve. If you want to follow validation up with, is there anything I can do to help? Then that could open up a conversation where if your husband wants help with his coworkers, you have offered up that space. If your husband does not want help, he can say, no, I just want to talk about it if that's okay with you. So with this, my son and his wife were talking about ex an experience last week where he called up, same exact thing, had a issue with coworker and some problems that he was trying to work out. 
he expressed in the conversation we were having that he was resolved. The conversation he had with his wife, she wanted to step right in and fix and solve and create some sort of solution. And in their conversation, he told her, don't do that. I do not need that from you. What I need from you right now is just to listen. I have already decided what I'm going to do about it. Her response to him was, okay, thanks for letting me know. The conversation that they had when we were talking was this recognition of how they are getting better at that. She recognizes that she kind of wants to step in and fix. And that's not what validating is. You could also be in a position where you think your husband's coworkers are actually probably right about what they're experiencing. And you could actually believe that your husband is in the wrong. Guess what? Keep that to yourself. Your job is not to pile on your husband. Your job is not to make him feel like the whole world is against him. Your job is to say, that must suck. I'm really sorry. That is validation. And that is how you model it. And you model it with as many experiences, emotional, spiritual, or otherwise, that your partner brings to you. If you don't validate, you are creating a disconnect. So when I talked about secure attachments with parents and children, the same thing exists for adults. We all operate from a different attachment style, which I'm not getting, I'm not going to go into, but it is actually attachment science. It is the way we connect and bond with one another. It is how we, how the safety that's created from validation increases our connection with our parents or our partners or our spouses. Every time you invalidate your partner by not being able to validate them or by not validating them, you create disconnect which can be repaired by the way okay this isn't a this isn't doom this is just an observation okay so how do you practice emotional validation good question you a good way okay i got to think about this for a minute i have a couple different uh, paths I could take on this particular thing, but I think I'll keep it simple for right now. Practicing, um, learning how to validate is actually a skill. I have talked to people who say, um, my wife can't validate me. I've heard people say my parents refuse to validate me. I've heard people say, I don't understand why I need to validate somebody. So this is really kind of a difficult topic for some people. And like any skill that you want to get better at, it needs to be practiced. So 
the way you practice validation is that you learn to reflect back what you perceive the emotion or the experience may be like. This requires you to listen. This requires you to get off your phone, turn off the television, turn away from the stove, whatever it is you have to do to engage with the person who is talking to you about an experience, please do it. Please do it. Get off your phone. Turn off the TV. Listen to this person you love. Say something. And then as you hear it, put yourself in their shoes. Take their perspective. You may say to yourself, I would never react that way about this. This happens to me all the time. I have experiences with people where they get upset about something or they're frustrated about something or they're angry or sad about something that would never bother me, truly never bother me. And I have learned over the years to recognize that this isn't about me. It's about them. My job, my job is to realize that for them, this is an issue. Okay. So I can then observe the conversation. I can observe their tone of voice. I can observe their body language. And through all of that, I can reflect back and say, wow, it looks like you had a really terrible day. And then they might correct me and say, no, I didn't have a terrible day. I was just really frustrated with my coworker, my job at this point is to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Is there something you'd like to talk about? You will either get a yes or a no. This is validating. If they continue to tell you about their day with their coworker and you happen to agree with the coworker on this particular issue, remember, you don't say that. You just acknowledge that your partner is having an experience and that it doesn't have to be the same as yours. After you recognize and acknowledge the source of the emotion, then you just validate it and say, I can see that you're feeling angry. I can tell that you are upset that I was late. I'm so sorry that you're so frustrated because I didn't call you before I left to come home. So we can validate experiences that our partners and children have that don't have anything to do with us, that are outside of our relationship. And we can validate the experiences that they're having that are inside our relationships. Both are equally important. No, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say that the most important validating experiences are the ones where you're validating the emotions and experiences that are actually taking place between two people. Where you model validation is in all of those experiences that take place outside of your relationship. So with other people in the broader world, with a bad day or a good grade or a bad grade. 
but the ones that take place within your own relationship that are issues between the two of you, it is extremely important that you validate those. So let's talk for just a second about validating statements. Validating statements sound like, if this is true, don't ever lie in a validating statement, okay? But if it's true, you can say, I feel the same way. If it's not true, you can say, you must be really frustrated. If you feel like you can be present with the person in this frustration, you can say, I'm here for you. If that is not true, then you can say, I'm so sorry you're feeling so frustrated with me. Invalidating statements, you're too sensitive. I don't know why you keep bringing this up. I don't want to listen to this again. If you hadn't have said that, I never would have done this. Those are invalidating statements. Those are going to shut your partner down and then your partner is going to realize that you are not a safe place, that you are not someone you can who can be trusted with their tender, real, emotional experiences. Okay? You, your body language will say a lot in whether it's validating or invalidating. If you are shut down, arms folded, turned away, that is invalidating body posture, body language. If you are unsympathetic or lacking in empathy, so you don't have to understand the emotion. All you have to do is show that you care that this person you love is feeling this emotion. If you don't understand what's going on, part of validating is asking questions. Follow up with, I'm not sure I'm getting what you mean. Will you help me understand? This shows that you care, that you're listening. Avoid blaming. So again, you don't need to come to the defense of the person who has offended your partner. You avoid blaming your partner or your child for something that they did that caused the situation. Okay. The reason, if I haven't said this already, I am super passionate about the subject because I'm really thinking this skill Validation and empathy, these skills could go a long way to improving not just relationships, but in like increasing self confidence, furthering people's self efficacy and self actualization, and helping them really become the people that they are meant to become. So it's not all about the other person. Validating has really important components. That's not the word I'm looking for. Validating, validation, learning to validate and learning how to validate yourself and others is really important in improving your sense of self-worth and self-respect. Okay. When you validate someone, 
you communicate acceptance. And again, this is not agreement. This is just the fact that you accept this person who you supposedly love because you picked them either for your spouse or for your partner or to be the mother of your children or to be the father of your children. You picked this person. If you picked this person, you should accept this person. You want to strengthen your relationship. Validating strengthens your relationship. Again, with the person you picked. It shows that you value this other person. I know how hard this can be. I know how frustrating marriage and relationships can be. I know how difficult children can be. I know how difficult parents can be. And we want to make things better. So showing the people that you love, that you value them, that seems like an important thing. There is a price to pay for not validating people's emotions. And I know you might talk to people who don't believe that's true. And I know you may have trouble making that clear to your parents or your partner or your spouse. And I know you will run into people who don't believe this. And I am, I implore you to keep at it, to keep working, to keep modeling to keep asking to be validated, okay? Because that's another important piece of it. So before I go into the price we pay for not being emotionally validated or not emotionally validating people, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of asking for this to be part of your relationship. And I know it's scary, and I know you might feel like you're talking to someone who doesn't understand or who is resistant. I know it might create more contention than it feels like it's worth, and I'm sorry, because I know that those are real experiences, and I know how hard it can be to just plow through when you don't feel like anything's really working. But this is important. So model, model, model. And then ask for validation. So if you're having an experience and the reaction and you are sharing your emotional reaction to an experience and your person or your partner or your spouse or even your parents, I know this is hard, kids but even your parents need to learn how to validate. If they can't, you can actually ask for validation. And you can say something like, I don't need you to fix this for me. I just need you to listen and empathize with what I'm feeling. If necessary, you can actually give the other person the exact words to use. This might feel patronizing. It might feel controlling. You might get some resistance. And that all makes sense. But for connection and safety and intimacy, this is critical. So I don't want you to give up. If there is a conversation about needing to be validated, and if there is a request for validation as part of your relationship or your attempt to grow in connection and 
increase intimacy and create a give and take relationship of emotional connection. And as a result of that request, you aren't getting the validation that you need, or there is a refusal, or there is confusion about it, it's okay to just shut the conversation down. It's okay to gently and in a controlled, emotionally controlled way to say, this is not what I needed right now, and I'd like to revisit this later if we could. It's okay to say, I'm not able to give that to you right now. Is this something that we could talk about again another time? There are lots of ways to end a conversation where one or the other of you is not getting what you need in a way that is respectful, kindly, loving, and still connecting. So if you are asking for validation, and if the person you are asking it from cannot do it, but instead wants to argue or defend or blame or something else that is not validating, it is okay to ask for a timeout. It is okay to say that you can't engage in this conversation right now because you are emotionally flooded and you don't want to make things worse. And that goes for either part, either party. It doesn't matter which side of this experience or this conversation you are on. Either one has the right to say, can we take a timeout? And I've talked about many of these tricks and many of these strategies in different podcasts, but I want to make it clear that this is applicable to not being validated or not being able to validate. So now I'm going to go into the consequences of not validating and what invalidation can feel like and result in. If you are in a relationship with someone who has a difficult time validating, or if you are the person in a relationship who cannot validate, you are creating in your partner, in your spouse, in your kids, a lack of self-worth. And when they, when a person feels like their emotions and their experiences with their emotions or the way they feel or see or sense the world is wrong or unimportant or bad, then they tend to, that increases low, that increases low self-esteem. Okay. It decreases self-esteem and it decreases a sense of self-worth. People whose emotions are not validated cannot manage their emotions or don't feel their emotions or don't connect with their emotions. If you have grown up being invalidated or not validated, then in all likelihood you are to some degree emotionally stunted. 
you disconnect from the negative emotions and you are hesitant to share the positive emotions. A lack of validation or invalidation also leads to poor mental health. I can attest to this. This is a this is a hundred percent true. Depression, anxiety increase with people who are not validated. Again, they live in a space where they don't feel connected to someone or they don't feel that they are important to someone because they are not given their feelings and emotions are not given space. This also includes self-invalidation. Because to some extent, if you can't get validation from someone else, you have to be able to step up and to some extent, provide it for yourself. And if you can't get it from your spouse or your partner, I also suggest that you find someone in your life who can help you while you work on it in your more intimate relationships. So I'm thinking that's probably it for now. I feel very strongly about the subject. I also feel very strongly that there are relationships where validation or the lack of validation is not the only problem. And so there is no one thing that is a fix or a catch-all for some difficult relationships. I know that there are children who do not have the capacity or even the standing in the relationship to ask for validation. And I do believe there needs to be respect and boundaries and expectations in all of these relationships. So parents, if you have children who are too young to ask, please do your own work and your own research on what validation really means and how important it is for your kids. And parents, if you have older kids who have the opportunity to maybe ask for something different, please be responsive. I know it's hard. It makes us feel like we're losing our power or that we don't have authority anymore, or that maybe they disrespect us. And this is probably not true. So control the way you feel, think before you speak, and try and encourage empathetic listening and validation to be a two-way street in your relationships. Husbands and wives, please do the work necessary to decrease your fear of connection, increase your ability to be okay with your own emotions of all kinds, and therefore be okay with the emotion and the emotional experiences of other people. I believe this is key to elevating and enlightening and encouraging better relationships. I believe this is important and I believe this is a topic that can be discussed over and over and over again. One last idea before I end with a quote. 
And that is, if you are struggling with this in any way, please do some research and share it with those you know and love. And if you have questions or want to talk about this in any way, please do so on the Instagram. I would love to have more of this topic going on. Again, it is obvious based on the length of this podcast and the fact that I've talked about much of this stuff before that I find this incredibly important. And I'm going to leave you with this quote, respect people's feelings, even if it doesn't mean anything to you, it could mean everything to them. And that is unknown. So good luck with this and have a good week.